Hello and welcome to Runway Girl Network in Conversation, a deep dive into aviation and the passenger experience. I'm RGN Deputy Editor John Walton, and today I'm in conversation with Susanna Honkova, Vice President and Head of Marketing at the Airframer ATR. But first, thanks to our sponsor. In Conversation is brought to you by Bolteron, a Simona company, purveyor of high-performance thermoplastics for tomorrow's aircraft interiors. With new and groundbreaking innovations in design capabilities, Bolteron offers airlines the ability to customise the cabin with lightweight materials with metallic effects, translucent decorative panels with unique embedded patterns, dynamic textures, vibrant pearlescence, and much more. Learn more at boltaron.com. Now, Susanna, welcome to In Conversation. Hello, John. I am really delighted uh, to have the opportunity to share uh, for Runway Girl. It's wonderful to talk to you again. Um, Susanna, for those who aren't familiar, um, would you give us a quick pencil sketch of ATR, what it is and, and what its product line is? So great, John. ATR is a Franco-Italian regional aircraft manufacturer. The company is based on the equal partnership between two aviation industry leaders, Airbus and Leonardo. So we are uh, producing uh, uh, the best-selling uh, regional aircraft, so best-selling in the last, uh, last decade. And the ingredient uh, for success is that we have a family uh, of two aircraft, ATR-42, which is a 50-seater aircraft, great route opener, and the ATR-72, so the larger model, uh, with a 70-seat. Uh, However, we have a 78-seat capability for um, high-capacity configuration. And uh, it's a great, uh, really great product, uh, which represents uh, uh, 35% of the market share on uh, the regional aircraft in uh, uh, 50 to 90 seat category, uh, including uh, turboprop and the regional jets. Wow, that, that's an, an impressive market share. Um, tell us about this, uh, how, how the, the, the company benefits from having these um, these two model aircraft, um, because obviously the your key competitor, which is of course now De Havilland Canada, doesn't currently offer anything smaller than the Q400, which is a sort of 74-seater competitor to the ATR72. So, as I said, the advantage uh, for having a family is uh, that with a small model, uh, the ATR42, uh, the airline can uh, explore new market potential uh, and then uh, complete with the larger uh, capacity aircraft when uh, the, the traffic, uh, uh, traffic growth is here, traffic demand uh, is here. So I don't know uh, if you know, John, but uh, the airlines uh, around the world, so we have uh, uh, 200 uh, operators, 200 customers uh, across the world in 100 countries, so those operators open every year more than 100 new routes with the ATR product. Huh, that's an impressive statistic. And you know that 58% of current network, uh, current uh, turboprop regional network did not exist 15 years ago. And we have forecasted that the 30% of the future traffic uh, uh, in upcoming 20 years uh, is going to come from um, from the routes which uh, uh, not exist today and uh, we believe that the ATR is going to play a crucial role here. 
Well, so w what are these routes as, as some examples? Is it point-to-point uh, -point flying? Is it connecting um, people in from, from regional sub-centres into regional hubs and then on to larger hubs? What's the, what's the profiles there? So they are both. Uh, our our airplane is uh, uh, is playing roles uh, role on those uh, both uh, areas. Depends on the regions. Uh, however, more and more we see that the ATR forty two uh, could be uh, the great uh, uh, great tool uh, on point to point uh, operations, uh, especially on very remote uh, areas or uh, um, challenging airports uh, and can really enhance uh, and help uh, uh, to um, local economic uh, economies uh, to, to grow. Okay, I see. So how far can you fly an ATR um, in terms of uh, nautical miles and then in terms of uh, flight duration? So for a, a regional segment, uh, the max range capability is not an issue. I would rather say about uh, the, the average sector and uh, the, the segment where the turboprop aircraft uh, is really is doing the best job. So uh, the average segment uh, for our operators is around one, one hour, so around 250 uh, to 300 nautical miles. However, we have uh, uh, we have operators uh, flying uh, um, flying from less than ten minutes uh, between two islands up to three hours and a half. And by the way, it's one uh, uh, one operator doing uh, those uh, two type of operation. And then uh, maybe answer uh, more precisely to your question. Uh, we have a ETOPS capability for up to four hours. Wow, up to four hours of, of, of range away from an airport. That's, that's pretty impressive. What sort of profile is that? Is that one that's connecting to a hub? Is that connecting to a remote island? Uh, this is rather a type of operation um, uh, connecting uh, remote, uh, remote islands and remote areas. Okay. Um, so in terms of the, the rest of the market, um, both in terms, I guess, of a lot of the um, old legacy turboprops and then, of course, the, the Q400, what makes the ATR different? What's the unique selling point? So I would start definitely by uh, the great, uh, great accessibility uh, to the airport. I already mentioned um, uh, the, uh, the accessibility to challenging airports as well as the airports with um, uh, very few ground equipment. And uh, also uh, we have uh, operations on very extreme uh, uh, meteorological condition, uh, very hot, uh, um, very hot uh, temperatures or very cold temperatures, um, as well as we can operate on runways uh, large only 14 meters. Um, then, Another differentiator is definitely the um, um, the advanced technology. Uh, so we have a glass cockpit and advanced uh, uh, performance-based navigation uh, capabilities, and maybe one uh, uh, equipment which is unique in commercial aviation. It's deserved to mention uh, clear vision. So uh, it's equipment which allow. Um, 
the operations in low visibility uh, visibility conditions. And then a uh, very important one is linked uh, uh, with the opera operating economics. Uh, so a very simple architecture of, uh, of our aircraft and then uh, turboprop uh, proportion uh, technology uh, are resulting in very com competitive uh, operating, uh, operating cost uh, and the airlines uh, really appreciate this part. And the part of uh, uh, the turboprop technology is linked as well with the very low fuel consumption. John, I don't know if you are aware, but our aircraft is burning 40% uh, fuel less compared to uh, equivalent uh, jet aircraft. And by consequence, produce 40% less CO2 emissions. And then... It's a very quiet neighborhood uh, because the uh, external noise uh, produced by our aircraft is uh, 9 decibel below ICAO chapter 14, which will, uh, will be uh, uh, introduced from 2020, from next year. So already our aircraft is future-proof in terms of external noise and uh, is 13 decibel quieter uh, compared to uh, uh, regional jet aircraft. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I think that a lot of people have this idea that turboprops are, um, are noisier, but that's because they're probably thinking of it from inside the cabin, um, whereas actually from, from outside the cabin um, and for, for you know, neighbours of airports, that's, that's a real benefit. Um, I guess in, in terms of how turboprops are constructed, right, the idea of having the exposed fan blades, why does that make it more efficient and why is there a lower impact on the environment than, um, than say, a, a modern regional jet? So, as I said, the, uh, uh, this is thanks to the turboprop, uh, uh, turboprop technology. So, just to give you um, an insight, the uh, uh, turboprop engine inside of, of the engine works like a jet engine. So, in terms of technology, uh, it's comparable, which means it's latest, uh, latest technology, latest material as used. So the air is compressed uh, uh, into the engine and is mixed with the fuel uh, and ignites the mixture. So the resulting force rotates a shaft, which, uh, uh, which in turn drives a propeller accelerating the flow of air to create uh, the thrust that makes the aircraft move forward. And the turboprop, uh, thanks to that, is more efficient on short sectors uh, because um, the air is accelerating using the less power, thanks to, uh, uh, you know, uh, thanks to the propeller. Uh, which is resulted in uh, fuel uh, in less fuel consumption. So for short flight of about one hour, uh, during which you don't have time to reach high altitude or high speed, the fuel consumption could be uh, nearly half uh, of a similar uh, jet size aircraft. Ah, oh, I see. Um, because of course, turboprops have a lower operational ceiling. So you're at, uh, is it that you're at your optimized level faster and, and for longer for a shorter flight? Is that is that part of how it works? 
So it's more resulted in, uh, uh, in, in the fuel efficiency and the low flying altitude uh, could bring something additional to passenger experience, uh, which is a very nice view uh, through the window. So we can talk about uh, like a native in-flight entertainment. Well, exactly. I remember when I used to live in New Zealand, um, flying down from Wellington to Queenstown, right over the Southern Alps was just one of the most beautiful views. Um, you certainly didn't need a screen for that, I tell you. Um, now, thinking about the operational side of, uh, of, of the aircraft, obviously the ATR has you know, relatively good runway performance, right? It needs a relatively short runway. Um, but at the Paris Air Show, uh, you introduced something new. Uh, the the short takeoff and landing ATR forty two six hundred S. Tell us a little bit more about that, please, um, and and why it's why it's needed. So maybe a couple of uh, couple of numbers. So as I mentioned uh, already today, ATR forty two uh, takeoff and landing capability and airport accessibility accessibility is very good. Uh, so now the uh, max takeoff uh, weight. Uh, um, uh, takeoff uh, distance is around uh, 1,100 uh, meters. However, uh, we see that uh, there is around 1,200 uh, aging uh, aircraft, turboprop aircraft, in 30 to 50 seat category, which will need replacement uh, in upcoming years. And inside of those 1,200 aircraft, uh, there is a one part which uh, today perform uh, takeoff and landing on the one ways between 800 to 1,000 meters. So on top of that, um, we, uh, we have uh, around 460 airports around the world with uh, um, runways uh, below 1,000 meters, so between 800 and 1,000 meters, uh, which are not operated on scheduled uh, service uh, today. And we have lot of we have requ- requested a uh, uh, lot of uh, lot of requests from airlines uh, or even from governments because they are willing to develop the activity on such areas. So uh, this is why uh, we have decided to work on improved uh, uh, takeoff and landing capability of the ATR42 uh, and brings uh, the great solution to address uh, this replacement market uh, and uh, also to address uh, new new market potential uh, for a new development. And John, there is a lot of places uh, uh, around the world uh, which are uh, which are located in uh, on natural heritage sites, and uh, the governments are willing to develop the activity. So there is no possibility to extend the one way because they want to protect the nature around, and uh, this is why they are interested in the ATR forty two S with uh, this improved takeoff and landing capability. So um, the new aircraft uh, will, uh, uh, will be able to take off and land on 800 uh, meters one way uh, with the payload equivalent uh, to a 30-seat uh, um, turboprop. 
and there will need uh, around 900 meters uh, to perform the fuel payload with uh, uh, 50 passengers on board. So um, that will be a great tool uh, to address replacement market and as well as a new, uh, new market and help uh, uh, development of local economies. I see. So you can do 30 passengers at 800 meters or full capacity at 900 meters. Is that it? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, technically, what's different with the 42S to a regular old 42? So basically, there is uh, uh, very few changes. Uh, um, so for um, to be capable uh, to uh, operate or take off from shorter one way, uh, you would need uh, uh, more controllability. So this results in higher rudder. So we have a we are going to increase uh, um, the uh, uh, the rudder slightly. Then uh, to um, uh, perform uh, the landing as well on shorter one way, you would need uh, to have a, a modification on brakes. So we are going to introduce the brakes, uh, auto brakes. And then uh, there will be, uh, by consequence, uh, some modification on, uh, uh, on the avionic uh, on, in the cockpit. And uh, then uh, we are going to use the, um, the trust of the engine of the uh, uh, ATR-72. So that's basically uh, the difference compared to, uh, uh, to existing, uh, existing 42. I see. Interesting stuff. Um, and in terms of this, this replacement market, um, what are the aircraft that are currently um, uh, that are currently operating these routes? And, and what, what, what sort of routes are they? Are they, um, I mean, I assume given that the launch customer is supposed to be Air Tahiti, um, that it's going to be uh, a little bit of island hopping in the Pacific. But what, what else is there? Is there some sort of um, opportunities around uh, rural and remote airstrips, that kind of thing? Um, perhaps in Australia for the... Uh, fly-in, fly-out market. Uh, tell us a bit more about that, please. So, uh, based on current uh, uh, operation on stall airports, uh, uh, we see that there is an opportunity uh, in uh, in Canada, uh, then uh, opportunity in Northern Europe. Uh, we see opportunity, of course, in Asia-Pacific, uh, on islands, uh, even in Japan. And uh, maybe one, uh, one point uh, uh, which is uh, important to mention that we are still uh, waiting for, uh, for the board approval uh, to, uh, uh, to launch this, uh, this product. Uh, however, based on uh, the uh, performance from uh, Le Bourget Air Show, uh, we are working uh, on it and we, uh, we believe that uh, uh, we will receive the board approval uh, in upcoming uh, upcoming months. Oh, fantastic! I mean, yeah. Well, what was the um, the reaction at Le Bourget? Were were did you have airlines uh, sort of lining up around the stand? So uh, you have seen a couple of announcements uh, from uh, from the press on uh, uh, with with the customers who uh, uh, committed to uh, uh, the uh, ATR uh, 42 stall. And of course, uh, we have received a lot of visitors uh, during, uh, uh, during Le Bourget Air Show uh, who uh, wanted to uh, uh, learn more about uh, our innovation uh, uh, in general. 
Yeah, no, it, it, interesting stuff. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know whether indeed the board approves it. Um, now, talking about passenger experience, which is of course uh, our thing here at Runway Girl Network. Um, obviously, as a rule, turboprops tend to be a little bit smaller in fuselage diameter than jets. Um, you know, not not necessarily that dissimilar from your um, smallest type of regional jet, but compared with I don't know an Embraer or or, or anything larger than that, they are a bit smaller. Um, and one of the criticisms has been that the seats feel a little bit narrower. Um, but I know that ATR's been doing a lot of work on that. Um, tell us about that work. Um, how are you improving the passenger experience within the turboprop sphere? So this percep- perception that the uh, uh, ATR cabin is uh, narrower uh, compared to regional jets uh, deserve uh, some clarification indeed. Uh, so do you know, John, that ATR cabin is the largest cabin uh, in a turboprop segment? Uh, is even larger uh, compared to some regional jets. However, is offering equivalent comfort uh, and passenger experience uh, to uh, larger jets. So, how we uh, uh, we have uh, we have achieved that? Well, um, in terms of uh, interiors, uh, first in 2011, uh, we have introduced the Armonia cabin. So, uh, redesign completely the interior, uh, offering uh, more integrated, uh, more integrated uh, design with the seamless uh, design language. Um, re, um, redesign passenger service unit using uh, uh, the light source and light technology. So, we have replaced uh, the lighting with... Um, uh, so fluorescent tubes with uh, LED lighting uh, and as well as added uh, uh, new uh, sources in the cabin, sources of the light uh, with indirect light, as well as we have introduced this mood, uh, uh, like a color light on a, um, a light, uh, on reading light and uh, uh, passenger service units. Uh, and then uh, the second big improvement was related to overhead storage compartment. So we have really optimized the space inside of overhead uh, storage compartment. So first of all, with the comp- contemporary design, uh, you know, the, the cabin uh, uh, looks uh, lighter, brighter compared to uh, the previous generation. And then in 2016, we, start, we have started to work on the new seat uh, and um, as well as we um, uh, did approach on uh, uh, optimized use of our cabin widths because, as, as I said, uh, we have the largest cabin in Turbo Pro market. And um, from 2018, uh, we have bring on board uh, the new, uh, brand new uh, seat so Neo Classic and Neo Prestige, which is offering 18 inches uh, uh, passenger comfort, so 18 inches width between armrests. As well as the seat is, uh, is lighter, uh, more ergonomic, and the, the passenger feeling uh, on, on this wider seat, the wider and ergonomic seat, is uh, that at Equivalent seat pitch, they feel like they gain two additional inches uh, uh, for uh, for legroom. Uh, 
so they feel they have a more uh, more personal comfort and I believe John you have tested the seat at in aircraft interiors and maybe you can as well testimony yeah I mean both aircraft interiors and the 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 Jevon factory in uh, near Naples, um, and it's. I, I found it really interesting. Um, I think that I and a lot of people were was surprised and somewhat sceptical of the eighteen inch claim, um, and obviously a, a good part of that is that you're you've narrowed the armrests quite significantly. Um, so, are those armrests holding up in service? How many of these eighteen inch seats have been chosen? Um, how many are operating these days? So the uh, um, the seat, uh, eighteen inch seat, have been developed together with our uh, our customers. Uh, so we have uh, we have uh, used the um, um, the mockup uh, mockup and uh, uh, invited uh, a huge uh, number of, uh, of of operators or customers. Uh, and now the seat become a new standard. So every single uh, ATR, which is produced uh, from 2018, mid 2018, so from roughly last uh, last year, summer last year, uh, is equipped with uh, a new classic or new prestige. What we what we have observed that roughly 80 percent of uh, of customers are selecting uh, for entire cabin. Uh, the, the new prestige seat um, with so this new prestige seat uh, has a recline and some additional uh, additional features and then uh, the rest of uh, of the customers are selecting uh, um, or a mix between uh, uh, prestige and uh, new classic or full um, a new classic configuration. Mm-hmm. And why would they be selecting a difference between that? Is it is there a sort of premium economy version up front, um, three or four rows, or, or how does that work? So um, um, there is uh, there is around twenty percent of customers who um, uh, differentiate uh, uh, like a two class uh, two class layout, and is like a half half between. Uh, um, using the new prestige uh, uh, in front with a higher pitch and then new classic as an economy, or they just uh, differentiate a couple of rows uh, with additional pitch on new prestige and use it like a business class, and then uh, the rest of the cabin uh, like a economy class. And what is what is maybe interesting to mention is that. Uh, when we when we have this new prestige across entire cabin, we are offering on ATR on regional aircraft much more higher comfort compared to what you can have on um, equivalent sector with larger uh, larger jets uh, like a single aisle aircraft because of recline and leather and additional uh, comfort features. Yeah, I mean, recline is really interesting because I think there are a lot of us who, for for flights, as you say, that are around an hour or so, um, I really wonder whether or not someone does need to recline um, or whether it makes more sense to install something like a pre-reclined seat, you know, so that everyone has a little bit more comfort to begin with. 
Um, what's your take on that? Is is recline still um, in demand from airlines and passengers? Maybe to explain a little bit more, uh, the uh, the new Prestige has a recline, new Classic has a pre-recline, so a fixed back shell, but with a pre-recline. And based on uh, on our uh, our statistics, what we are delivering, we see that there is still a majority of uh, uh, of customers uh, who are willing to offer uh, more passenger uh, passenger experience uh, with the with the reclinable seat. Going back slightly to the overhead bins, um, how have they been uh, been improved? Um, is it you have a clamshell? Is it that they've managed to scoop out some more uh, space into the ceiling? How, what, what, what does that involve? So um, we have done uh, several improvements on, uh, on the overhead uh, storage compartment. So first of all, our overhead storage compartment is the, is the fix, uh, fixed box. And we have improved uh, uh, the uh, stowability of, uh, of the box. So uh, by removing uh, the hinge, which was the case on, uh, uh, on the previous design, which means that we have really optimized a usable space uh, inside of bin, which results in a uh, uh, possibility to store two uh, very large lo- uh, roller case, roll-on bag, uh, 18 inches wide uh, bag. Um, and then the second improvement is that the door, uh, the, the bin door, uh, is sliding over the bin. So it's completely hide uh, when the bin is open uh, during the boarding time, bo- boarding phase, which means for tall passenger, uh, it's incredible improvement in terms of standing comfort uh, because uh, uh, there is no uh, door intruding uh, the aisle. So... Uh, 20% more uh, storage space, and then uh, the uh, improvement of uh, of the boarding comfort. You know, I, I certainly noticed the the, the the different sizes of bins when when I walk around the new Armonia cabins, um, and yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting um, interesting change. And are you seeing that airlines are doing less of the um, uh, the gate checking of bags in this case? So the uh, like a handling uh, handling uh, of of the luggage uh, is more in uh, uh, in airline uh, airline world airline business, but definitely the passengers uh, uh, appreciate uh, the additional additional storage space, and uh, probably all of us uh, uh, as a, as a traveling uh, traveling people. Uh, with our passenger experience, we appreciate uh, we appreciate uh, the, the the space and capability possibility to bring a uh, uh, cabin back. So definitely, uh, operators with the Armonia cabin um, will allow uh, to bring on board a larger uh, passenger uh, passenger bag cabin bag. Yeah, no, interesting stuff. Now, at the Aircraft Interiors Expo in April, you were showing off this really interesting concept for deaf and hard of hearing passengers around a, an induction loop. What did that involve and, and how did you get involved with that? So um, the audio back, uh, the hearing, uh, hearing loop, uh, we have continued um, showcasing, uh, showcasing it uh, at uh, Le Bourget Air Show. Um, you know, with the additional additional visitors, uh, additional airlines, 
And uh, uh, this experience uh, have uh, helped us to definitely endorse uh, the uh, interest, uh, the market interest. Uh, we have also understood that today uh, the airlines um, don't really treat, um, uh, they have no uh, appropriate solution uh, to uh, hard of hearing passengers, uh, which means that there is a big market interest. And uh, internally in ATR, uh, we, uh, we are working uh, very closely with engineering to integrate uh, um, the, the system in our, uh, in our aircraft, uh, which means that the tool, uh, the, uh, the, the hardware will be uh, integrated in um, uh, the seat, um, uh, seat headrest so it will remain like uh, loose equipment. However, there is a part of the equipment which needs to be integrated to, uh, uh, to the uh, cabin, um, cabin management system for uh, the uh, uh, cabin announcements, uh, PA announcements. So there is a little part of the system which needs to be integrated in our aircraft. So we are on it. And we plan uh, to uh, uh, to get a first um, uh, first customer for the system uh, next year. Interesting. And so, in, in terms of practicality, so it'll be inside every headrest, or will it be? Will you will you put a, an additional sort of extra headrest cover on for um, people who are deaf or hard of hearing? So, based on the airline feedback, uh, uh, what uh, the airline would uh, prefer to have a couple of uh, uh, loose equipment, so not equip every single headrest, however, to have a two or three uh, available in the cabin. And uh, this will give them the flexibility to uh, locate a hard of hearing passenger anywhere in the cabin. Right. And then, of course, people who have uh, hearing aids or other um, auditory equipment, they just turn the uh, setting to the T setting, right, which we may all be familiar with from movie theatres and other sorts of uh, public spaces, right? Is that how that works? That's exactly how it works. Hey, fantastic. Look, it's, it was great to see um, to see that working and, and indeed to talk to um, to you and, uh, you know, a member of the, the of the deaf community about that. Um, that was that was you know, absolutely fascinating stuff. So looking to the future, Susanna, what's next for ATR? Um, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the, the 42S, the short takeoff and landing version. Um, I think a lot of people are, are wondering, you know, in the age of, you know, uh, people looking to, to, to more ecological and, and environmentally friendly solutions, um, larger turboprops or even electric turboprops, what's, uh, what's on the horizon? So uh, what uh, we uh, what we see as a trend is um, uh, rather a trend to uh, uh, to smaller capacity aircraft. So as I mentioned, there is a great opportunity to replace uh, uh, to replace uh, aging thirty to fifty uh, seat turboprop aircraft. So I mentioned uh, around one thousand two hundred aircraft uh, for upcoming uh, upcoming years. Uh, so that's the first point. So I believe uh, uh, as the trend is uh, rather in smaller capacity aircraft, uh, um, it's not time to, uh, to go for the larger capacity. We have already the ATR-72, which is, uh, uh, which is uh, offering capacity uh, uh, up to 78 seats. So uh, we will see how, 
uh, how this configuration is going to um, uh, to to evolve and have a, um, uh, will be endorsed by by the market. Uh, for the time being, uh, is rather position on low cost uh, low cost markets, um, and then. Of course, we um, we are monitoring uh, uh, evolvement of technology because we see that the environmental uh, environmental dimension uh, become uh, very important, and already our aircraft with uh, environmental footprint, uh, which is uh, uh, which is very well positioned, I would say uh, is uh, is leading in uh, in the regional uh, regional segment. Um, is definitely well positioned uh, to uh, to be uh, the great benchmark or starting point uh, for uh, for the future uh, future future technology integration. Once we have um, you know a, a, an electric type uh, engine, I assume that it would be relatively simple to simply replace the aircraft engines that are already on the ATR. Um, with something something like that, would it, or, or or is it much more complicated than that? And of course, it's much more complicated. It's not only plug and play, uh, <laughs> uh, plug and play question, and th- there is a there there is a several um, uh, several domain we can uh, we can have a look. So first of all, uh, the maturity of technology. So when we are talking about uh, new new technology. Uh, and we talk only about the electric. We see that the technology, uh, in terms of battery uh, battery storage, um, is not uh, is not obvious enough. Uh, just to give you a flavor, to to make a, a takeoff of our 42 uh, uh, with um, 18 ton max takeoff weight, we would uh, we would need. Uh, uh, a same uh, uh, same uh, uh, weight of the battery uh, to make it uh, make it happen. So uh, this is not uh, uh, this is not realistic. So uh, we uh, we believe rather in a sort of hybrid uh, hybrid utilization uh, when you use the electric power uh, for uh, uh, for one fa- phase of uh, flight. Uh, for example, uh, for uh, the cruise uh, cruise time, uh, and uh, or uh, additional uh, electrical power for uh, takeoff, but it will be mixed with the uh, uh, with the thermal uh, thermal technology, thermal power. Um, but you know, John, for me, uh, what we really need to look at is uh, the adaptation to uh, to the entire ecosystem. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, with electrical car or hybrid car. So I have a little experience. I am um, selecting my new aircraft, uh, car and uh, I'm targeting to go for hybrid. And what I discovered is that even with the cable, uh, you know, the power cable, it's the hell. So first of all, you have to put uh, uh, the, the installation at your home, uh, then uh, there is no standardization in, um, uh, you know, in the cable. So I see that I have to uh, purchase two cables uh, to be uh, to be able to uh, to plug, uh, for example, at uh, home, at work, or somewhere uh, downtown. 
and this uh, uh, will be uh, will be same for uh, uh, for the aircraft. So what we what we need to think uh, in same time as uh, the technology is um, uh, is evolving is how to how to adapt uh, the uh, airport infrastructure. Uh, how we are going to bring, uh, for example, the source of energy, if it's not electric, but if we talk about the fuel cell, hydrogen, uh, or this kind of uh, uh, sources, uh, how will be uh, transported to the airport. So uh, I think what, uh, what, uh, what we need to focus on is as well as how we are going to integrate this new technology to the ecosystem of, uh, uh, of our operators. And uh, um, this is why uh, we, as ATR, as an airframe manufacturer, uh, we have um, we have signed an agreement last year with Air New Zealand to to have a look on uh, on this site. Uh, how to uh, what what does it mean the new technology in uh, in the ecosystem and in the logistic of uh, one operator? So uh, uh, there is no only the 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 technology of uh, the power system but as well as how we uh, how we uh, adapt uh, this new technology to uh, uh, to the uh, regional aircraft ecosystem yeah yeah hey look it's, it'll be really interesting to see what what the results are of that study um, you know I'm really encouraged from an environmental point of view that there are so many people uh, and so many companies who are who are really starting to to look um, more carefully into this so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think that's it for today's conversation. Um, we certainly hope you enjoyed it, listeners, and we're always keen to find out what you think. Please feel free to email me at john at runwaygirlnetwork.com with any suggestions. Thank you to our guest, Susanna Hunkova. Susanna, where can people continue the conversation with ATR online? You can follow ATR Adventure on Twitter or Instagram at ATR Aircraft or on our website at atr-aircraft.com or atr-intolife.com Of course, you can also follow follow us on LinkedIn. Great, and as ever, you can find me on Twitter at ThatJohn and everything from RGN on Twitter at RunwayGirl and at RunwayGirlNetwork.com If you're enjoying these conversations, please leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts and thanks for listening.